Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Players Experience Podcast. On this week's episode, we have CFL alumni and NFL alumni, Chad Owens, the Flying Hawaiian on the show. We're going to chat with Chad about his time in Jacksonville, what it was like to play in the CFL for a short bit, and what the overall experience around coaching has been and the coaching styles that he experienced was, and what his time in the CFL with Montreal, Toronto, and Hamilton wound up being. And Judge is going to share his experiences around the 2012 Grey Cup and what his favorite moment about that year was and the stride and dedication towards being a football player truly is. Before we bring Chad on the show, course we'd like to give a shout out to jay salty photography and vic Mar productions for the work that they do each and every week with the episodes and logos as well we want to give a shout out to 19 marketing for the merchandise for the show that is now provided uh, or available for sale through the hats and t-shirts so reach out if you want to help support the show in that way as well guys we have discount codes with hush blankets jaywalk and the great north apparel so use players experience on the discount code checkout to get discounts on some great items as well and lastly guys if you haven't done it yet subscribe to the channel don't miss out because we post new episodes each and every week with new and exciting content that you don't want to miss so hit that subscribe hit that like hit that follow and let us know what you think of the show uh, in the comment section as well. Now, without further ado, let's get Chad onto the show and talk about his time in Toronto and in the football fields. Chad, how's it been, brother? Long time no see. I haven't seen you since the Toronto Argo days. How you been? Man, uh, blessed, man. Can't complain. You know, I mean, I moved back to Hawaii last year, you know, in the midst of this crazy pandemic and, you know, ended up sort of working out for me. You know, I'm enjoying life right now. Um, You know, I'm an actor. Um, Man, you know, I've always been into fitness, so fitness enthusiasts. Just doing the most, man, enjoying, uh, you know, bodyboarding, ocean, family, friends, man, just continuing to, you know, grind through life and, and, and setting new goals. You know what I mean? Uh, football has been a – football was the, 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 the goal. That was my only goal coming up. And, you know, I went and achieved what I achieved. And – but now, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, just doing more. Um, and yeah, man, just excited. That's awesome, man. And Hey, I'm, I'm glad to hear everyone's healthy and safe and everything and, and everyone's doing well. And, and I have to say, when I saw that, that video saying that you were leaving Toronto and moving back <laughs> to Hawaii, I was like, yo, damn, this guy, this guy's getting intense with his videos out here driving through the six. Like it was awesome. It was really well done. Look, man, I had to do it proper. You know, Toronto provided me with more than I think that I could give it back. So. You know, shout out to my boy uh, John, man, for John Davies, man, for putting that video together. That's my that's my homie Pierre's elite performance. Uh, you know, that's his video guy, and he's man, he's the best in the biz with that stuff. So I told him I shared with him my vision, um, and he put it he put it together. You know what I mean? And shoot, man, it's it was hard to leave. I'm not gonna lie, bro. It, it, it's it's I I. I I have friends who I consider family there now. And, 
that's that was the hard part. You know, I I knew that okay, moving back to Hawaii, I know the I knew that the weather was gonna be nice and all that stuff, but man, leaving family, it's it's tough, and that's what I consider my friends out there is really family, and uh, yeah, that was hard. No, for sure, man. But just know that next time you come back to Toronto for a visit post pandemic, we're here to open you with welcome hugs. Shoot me a text. I'll be the first one at the airport to pick you up. <laughs> Let you know. I'm sure you will, buddy. I sure you will. Appreciate that. <laughs> so let's get right into it. I like to start off every segment and every chat that I do with a segment called Rapid Fire. So I'm going to shoot off four rapid fire questions at you, and I just want you to tell me what the uh, first thing that comes to mind is. All right. Oh, favorite time of day? Man, wow. Night. Okay, okay. Same with me. I'm not much of a morning person. Uh, strangest thing in your fridge right now? You said strangest thing? Yeah. Oh! Um, oh, my gosh. Strangest thing in my fridge. Sorry, nothing's coming to mind. This is one I got to think about. Ryan, you got me with this. It's all good. Uh, strangest thing in my fridge. Man, honestly, if, if I'm being 100% honest with you, bro, like, I don't know because I'm not, I'm not sorry for the long answer. I know this is a rapid fire, but I'm going to slow this, slow this, this, these bullets down. I'm not like a real fridge guy where like I have, you know, I have my things. Like I have what I eat and I have that. And I got to shout out the wifey, man. Like I, I don't do much of the shopping. I, I, you know, there's just things in there. So I wouldn't even better tell you, but, but, but I got to say this. We do tend to have leftovers that, that tend to sit in the back on the bottom for a lot longer than it should be in there. So I'm pretty sure there's some, some strange, funky things being grown in the depths of my fridge right now, way in the back. Got to clean it out. So thanks for the reminder. <laughs> That's what you're doing over the weekend. Oh, man. Now, what's a TV show that you're currently watching? Great question. Sweet Tooth. Okay. All right. Cool. On Netflix. I don't know if you heard about it, but it's, it's about that. It's based off the pandemic. So, but this pandemic, whether it happened before or after, there's what's called hybrids. Half human, half animals. That's what these, these babies are. And yeah. And they're the key. The hybrids are the, sort of the key um, to, to, the, to the cure. And what's the vaccines that's being... That's what I got so far. I'm, I'm only about four episodes in. So yeah. interesting. Something do I, and, and, and being that I'm acting, I got to watch more shows. I got to watch more movies. And as I did as an athlete watching sports, it's a different lens because I'm, I'm a player, right? So I look at it differently. So now that I'm acting, I watch movies differently. You know, I see the actors. I see how they're, you know, so it's just a different thing, man. Sorry. This oh. isn't rapid fire, bro. I'm doing, hey, we're doing rapid fire, but it's in the matrix right now. Exactly. Ryan, we doing everything in the matrix, bro. That's it. That's it. I love it. I love it. Now, what would be another sport you would want to com compete in outside of football? Ooh. I'm hitting you with the tough questions early, my dude. Man. Um, early on, I would have said, I would have said basketball right off the top. Like, you know, then it became MMA. And then now that I'm bodyboarding, look, man, I I'm, I'm bodyboarding, bro. I'm a bodyboarder. I'm actually entering a contest next month. Dope. So there you go. Yo, let me know how it goes because that sounds incredible. Yeah. Now, 
Where did the love for football start for you? And how did you know that your path you wanted to like lead into, like you said, you, you mentioned, um, sorry, with uh, basketball and then MMA, and then obviously football ended up being where you wanted to go. Um, where, how did you know you wanted to get into football? Well, you know, growing up, I was a well-rounded athlete. I did it all, you know, I, because I wanted to. I wanted to compete. That's all I wanted to do was compete. And, um, you know, in, in, in grade seven, that's when my mom finally let me play football because I was always smaller and she was worried about me getting hurt and stuff. And I'm going to tell you, man, like that first year, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, this is weird. You know, all these pads, it just wasn't – it was cool. I had fun because my friends are doing it, but it was just like, all right. But in grade eight, when I had that year under my belt and I actually, my athletic abilities started to show. Yeah, I was fast. I could do things. And I was, okay, this is fun. But, you know, you're in grade eight, man. Even in high school, I was playing football. I was playing basketball, playing baseball, running track, doing it all. But as high school went on, I knew that football was probably going to be where my opportunity was going to lie. Like, you know, I was too short to play basketball. I mean, they, they said I was too short to play football. You know what I mean? But I just knew that, okay, that's where I felt like my heart was going. And so, um, yeah, my junior year in high school, I really fully committed to football. And then my senior year had a good year. But still, with my high school career, man, I still had to walk on to the University of Hawaii. I didn't get a scholarship out of high school. So, um, but yeah, man, football football was that thing but basketball I'm gonna be honest man basketball was my first love like I was a baller bro I'm not gonna lie I was a baller uh, but football became that thing now it's incredible that you say how basketball and football were your two kind of passions because you have the quickness of running above the basketball court plus you have the ball handling skills of both sports right so you have a mix of everything and it's surprising that you didn't just become a two uh two play or two sorry two sport career player and just play basketball in the nba plus football in the cfl like raptors were down and, the qew uh, you know i kind of you know it's funny you mentioned that like back in college i i i tinkered with the idea of trying out for the basketball team um may, you know maybe even the baseball team but i was so focused on football at that time just all right bro like the NFL is what I'm aiming at, right? And, and you got to, at that point, you know, you have to focus. But, you know, if I take myself back then and insert it into today's sports world, yeah, I mean, you look at all these dual sport athletes, Kyler Murray's, uh, Russell Wilson, you know, guys that, that can do both, who knows, right? Who knows? I believe that I do have the athletic ability to, to, to do multiple things for sure. Um, but... Yeah, man, it's just it's just two different times, man, two different times. And, you know, my, you know, just talking about football, you know, the receiver that I was is is what's being wanted more so today than it was when I came up. Right. So different times, different types of offenses, different different prototypes. When I came out, honestly, man, it was like the big tall receivers the Terrell Owens is the you know who I played with um Reggie Williams who came out of Washington so I played with him in Jacksonville it was just big bodies big receivers right it, that that was prototypical 
And so, you know, Wes Welker sort of emerged and created that slot position. And wow, this guy can create separation, create mismatches against these inside nickel players and or linebackers. It's a, it's a no brainer. So that trend started to happen. Um, you know, the more athletic quarterbacks coming into play. Yeah, man, it's just, it's just crazy. So to be a receiver today, a slot receiver, a undersized receiver, it's actually, it can work out for you. That's incredible. And we're going to talk about your, your time in Jacksonville as well. But prior to that, you spent time in, uh, with the University of Hawaii, with the Hawaii Warriors, where you would find yourself uh, in the record books a little bit on the top of the all-time career yardage leaderboard with 5,461 yards, and you were awarded the Mosi Tatupu Award for the best special teams player in 2004. I know I was like, yo, I'm going to nail this, and I finally nailed it. Uh, it. How special was it for you to get those achievements uh, and see kind of like all your hard work and dedication pay off? Yeah, man, you know, it's, it's truly special. You know, coming from Roosevelt High School, a public school here in Hawaii, I wasn't even the guy. You know, I was just one of the, the, the components. I was a good player. You know, I'm not going to, like, belittle myself, but I wasn't good enough to them, right? So I didn't get that scholarship. Um, I walked on like I, alluded, like I talked about, right? And to get an opportunity, and then when I got the opportunity to make plays, and then to continue to make plays and then it arrives to earn a scholarship eventually. And then just to continue to climb those things, man, it's like, yeah, the, the, the awards, it's just, that's just a result of my determination, the will, the want to, the hard work. And that was, you know, that was the, that, that was a result. Um, I don't hang my hat on that, you know, because it's like, bro, what, okay, that's cool. But what are you doing today? What are you going to do now? What? So, um, but that definitely motivated me and showed me what hard work and dedication can get you, you know, and that just applies to life. It applies to everything. And so that just became my thing. That became my thing, man. Just outwork everybody and uh, stay determined. You got to make some sacrifices. Uh, but in the end, it's, it's going to be worth it. And yeah, man, I'm, that, I, hold, I hold true to that today. No, for sure. And it truly shows with like anyone that follows you on Instagram or even just social media, all the hard work that you're doing with your company and your fitness, as you mentioned, and everything else like around that, it, it truly shows that you take your dedication and your work so passionately, uh, which is great to see because you see it in the results. Yep, exactly, man. That's what we have, right? That, that's, you know, it's the thing, that's the one thing we as individuals, as human beings can control is is whatever your hands touch, that's on you. Like, that's you. Your feet, your hands, that's on you, right? You can't control the things you can't touch or, or you know, but you can control what you do and how hard you go about it, how specific you want to be about it, the details, how hard the amount of work you want to put in, uh, the amount of sacrifices you're willing to make. That's all on you. So you can really... It's, it's crazy, man, because I tell people all the time, there's no secrets. And you read, I don't know if you've read, you know, success books, but there's really no secrets to success, man. It's, it's all the things I just told you. You know, if, if, if I wanted to be a doctor, I could have been a doctor. Because all it takes is focus, study, passion, discipline, consistency. Like, 
And those are all things that, that we as people can, can control. You know what I mean? Um, so we can be anything we want to be, man. And I chose to be a football player. And I'm a, you know, aspiring an actor and an entrepreneur and all those things. But it's just, it's just applying those things, man, in everything we do. No, it's great. And, so and I- believing, Ryan, hey, you got to believe, though. I yeah. left that out. You have to believe that you can be and become what you want to be. That's, to me, is, is the, that's the trump card. Like, you can have all the things, but if you don't, if you don't really believe it, then all you're doing is going through the motions, right? There's no real purpose behind it because belief drives purpose. And then every, you add those other things, bro. It's just, you know what I mean? So no, for sure. Like you look at this podcast, for example, right? I thought, Oh, you know what? We'll run this for a few months. It'll be fine. It was done on Instagram live for a couple months. And then to your point, like I started believing in the show and I started thinking, okay, who else can I get for this show? And then I started reaching out through Twitter and Instagram as you, I usually do for the show to try and get guests on. And I ended up starting to have like the John or sorry, the Ken Rosenthal's of MLB network. Um, I don't know if you're a big survivor fan, but I had Boston Rob on the show and things like that. And like guys that I would think like, Oh, they'll never be on the show, but like, I'm going to put out the ass because I believe in what's the worst case that, they'll say no okay cool thanks man i'll move on right and here we are uh with your episode 64 years or 64 episode i was gonna say years 64 episodes later 64 years in the making i'm telling you it took yeah. us that long to get connected brother and i'm sorry hey man congrats congrats on, on on the show and man keep it going man it's an honor it's an honor to be on here Appreciate you, man. Um, so talking about your football career with Jacksonville, you made your debut with the Jaguars in 2005 against the Colts. What was your NFL experience like compared to what your CFL experience was like when you find yourself in the CFL a few years later? Man, awesome question. If, there, if, there, if there's a bunch of coaches watching this right now, listening, man, coaches – you don't understand the power you have over athletes. Um, coming into prior to being drafted, man, I had the most confidence, the biggest self-belief, everything that, that I, you know, that was my thing. But even get, after getting drafted, showing up to mini camp, rookie camps, I was still confident in my abilities. But when I got to Jacksonville, I don't know what happened. It was like, it was like this pressure situation, like coaches, like I felt like I was constantly like someone was looking over their shoulder, watching me with a close eye, you know? So those things like, whoa, like I'm gonna be honest, part of me cracked under the pressure cause I didn't want to make a mistake. But on the, on the flip side, the coach, the special teams coach, I'm not going to mention any names. I'm just going to say, hey, you know, I was expected to be the starter, the starting return man opening day. Like that was, that's why they drafted me. And so in the preseason, I had made some, maybe some questionable decisions. And, and what, I'm, what I'm getting at is like as a punt returner, you know, in the NFL, you can fair catch. Right. The CFL, there's no fair catching in the U.S. football, there's fair catch. 
But in college, man, I fair caught one ball my entire career. Okay. And that was in my redshirt freshman year. The very first game I played against Fresno State, we were winning. The coach said, hey, fair catch this, secure it. We, we, we win the game. Okay, cool. That's what I did. That was the only time. So I didn't get to practice the situational football. He was on an eight-yard line, 10-yard line. Okay, if, if you've got, you got to move up, fair catch. If you've got to step back. like, So I showed some a little bit of like um, indec indecision in those situations in the preseason. But that's what the preseason is for, right? Go through that process, make some mistakes, you know, kind of iron it out. But, you know, there's a difference. And this is why a first-round pick versus a sixth-round, seventh-round free agent guy. The difference is the first round pick, you need to prove that you can't do it. Because no matter how many times you mess up, they've invested all this money in you, they are going to continue to work with you, right? The sixth, seventh rounders, free agent guys, you got to constantly prove that you can. And you can't afford to make the same mistakes that this guy makes. So, week one, Depth chart, I'm not on the depth chart as a starting punt returner. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? After that meeting, the initial meeting of the week, the special teams coordinator meets me in the hallway. He says, Chad, hey, yeah, you know, um, I know you're probably feeling a little down because you didn't, you know, you're not up this week. But, you know, the fact of the matter is we can't trust you right now. And the moment he told me that, like, bro, I just deflated. I deflated. All the confidence I had in the world, gone. And then, and it was a home game too. It was in Jacksonville, man, like non-division opponent. It would have been the perfect, like, settling in game for me because we're at home, comfortable. I know, I know, the, you know, I know the stadium now. So didn't play. So I don't play that week. Confidence is gone. The very next week, my name's on the depth chart. I'm the starting punt returner. But we are playing Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis, in a dome, in a place that I've never played in my entire career. And I go out there, man, and I'm not ashamed to say this. this is part of my process, part of my story, part of my journey. And I had the absolute worst game that I've ever had as a football player. I, I, I was a returner in that game, punt returner, the worst game. I muffed like, I muffed two punts. I mishandled another one and just, just bad. Okay. And then I get waived the next day on Monday. So, you know, so you see the process of how much a coach can impact a player. They can either lift you up and build your confidence because they, they know it. They've seen you do it before. They've seen me do this in college. This is why they drafted me. But coaches have the ability to elevate someone or deflate someone because it's all confidence. Sports is all confidence, man, especially, you know, in every position. So, you know, that was my experience, initial experience into the NFL. And I bounced back. You know, I worked hard. You know, I stayed on the roster PR. Next year, I made the opening day roster, started from the, the very beginning because I had more experience and I was more confident again. And then an injury sort of like took me out. And then, bro, that was pretty much the end of my dang NFL career. I had an opportunity the next year in Tampa. It didn't work out. And then, bro, I found myself on the streets, you know. Played the Arena Football League for one year in 08. And then in 2009, you know, I signed with the Montreal Alouettes. And that was my uh, introduction to the Canadian Football League. And we all know what happened after that once I got to Toronto. 
And man, like, so yeah, I exploded in Toronto. Like, who is this guy? Chad Owens, flying Hawaiian, blah, 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 like doing all these things. But it was because of my NFL experience, that downs that I had to go through. I tore my ACL in the Arena League in 2008. So all this adversity, I was hungry. I was building. I was building. And by the time I got to Toronto, when that, when that opportunity was presented, I was more prepared, more experienced, more seasoned than ever. And I was ready to sort of explode. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's that's that that's it. It's not quite a nutshell, Ryan, but uh, I gave you sort of like that that thing right there, man. So um, that's what it is, though, man. That's what happened. No, and you know what? That's what this show's all about. It's talking about the player experiences and whether the the good, the bad, the ugly. It's sharing your experiences that people may not know about, or like you said the messages around coaching and how much they of an impact they truly have on you, things like that. That's what this show is all about. So it's all good. This is story time on the, the player's experience. I love it. It's great. Obviously it would have been awesome if you had made a career in the NFL, but like you said, let's chat about Toronto because that was a tremendous kind of outpouring of support for you in Toronto. Um, and, and yeah, like looking back on your career, for like you mentioned in Toronto, you got there and you just kind of exploded, right? Um, 2012 obviously has to be in most eyes, your most explementary year. You're, you not only led the, or set the all time record for all purpose years in a single season or years, yardage, I yardage, feel. Yeah, 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 you got it. <laughs> um, passing now, not only the GM and former Argo Pinball Clemens, but you also set a CFL and pro football record. On top of that, you won the CFL Most Outstanding Player Award. And to put the cherry on top, if you will, you also took home the 100th grade cup that year. What did that mean for you and your career and to see everything being put together? Man, I, I, got, I got goosebumps right now, Ryan, hearing you say those things that brought me back to that. And hence why I wore the blue today, you know, because I knew we were going to talk about that. And I wanted to represent the Toronto Argonauts. Like, that's... When I talk about my football career, it's, it's, yeah, it's getting drafted into the NFL, you know, so these things, but, but, but the meat of it, Toronto Argonauts, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, although I wish I could have finished my career in Argo and stay there the entire time and do all those things, the business of football sucks. I mean, as I explained to you before, the business of football sucks. And that's what ended up happening. Um, but, man, I love Toronto. I love the Argos. And I'm forever grateful for that opportunity that they gave me because, yeah, I was able to go and just do my thing. Um, with, I didn't feel any pressure, um, you know. And how could you? Man, I, I show up to Toronto at the University of Toronto in Mississauga, and there's, there's two portable units, uh, you know, right there on the grass. I'm like, is this the, is this the facility? He's like, what's going on here? But I, I didn't even, like, I didn't even care. I didn't even care. I walked up in there. There's mold. There's things. It's it just, like, it was a dang. It was, it was horrible. But I didn't care. I wasn't judging. Man, I came from the NFL. What the hell is this crap? I got to get out of here. No. Like, it was an opportunity. You know, I come from humble beginnings, man. Like, I'm going to be honest. My high school at Roosevelt, 
you know, our locker room there wasn't the greatest, but that's what that kind of brought me back to is, man, it's not about the, the equipment you have. It's about what you, what are you doing? Like, what are you actually doing on the field? Right. You can have all the fancy stuff, but, but are you performing? Are you out there doing it? And to me, that was the most fulfilling part about that season is that we did it like, bro, as a, as a team from that facility, you know what I mean? Yeah. With, with the resources that we had. So it was pure family. It was pure talent. It was pure grit, grind, want to. And uh, yeah, that was the height of my, my entire football career. You know, I, I set goals, man. Like every off season, I set goals and I achieved them. And that was the most goals I've set for myself in an off season because I was like, all right, I had these two all right seasons so far in 2010 and 2011, you know, leading the league in all purpose yards. I said, you know what, man, all right, let's number one goal is always got to win the great cup. Like that's got to be right. Win the great cup. But man, I want to lead the league again in all purpose yards, but man, I want to break this record. How much can I actually, how many yards can I actually go for? Right. And then on top of that, I want to lead the league in receiving. Uh, and, and if I do all of those things, there might be a chance. There might be a chance I can win the MOP, maybe, right? And so I had all these goals set out for one, one season, and that pushed me through the offseason to go harder than I've ever went before, to do things. To, it's, man, if back then I wasn't, there was, the social media game wasn't really as big as it is now. If I had a camera on me back then, Ryan, you want to <laughs> talk about viral? Yeah. You know, your boy would have had your boy would have had a million followers by now. Like I would have had a million followers easily. The things I was doing here in Hawaii, I was training right here on the homelands, man. And that was also a great thing is that I could like come home in the off seasons. That's what I would do. I would be in Hawaii for six months in the off seasons and I would go to Toronto for six months for the season. And I do that for, you know, every year. Um, but man, like went out, did it accomplished all those things checked off all those boxes that year and like it was just crazy bro it was wild to me that i was able to do that but just going back to what i told you earlier that man you could do whatever you want to do For you sure. know if you really have a mindset of lim like limitless no limitations i can achieve just as long as i believe it can really happen man you just got to be willing to put in the work to do the things that pe other people aren't willing to do. And that's what I did, you know, and the results shown, but, but at the same time, bro, that's what I did. But there, I couldn't have done, done all those things without my teammates, without the coaching staff that we had, without the quarterback that we had, Ricky Ray. Like, you know, we couldn't, it was a full, complete team effort and everybody had to do their, their, their deal in the offseason. You know, it's just that I, I ended up being the beneficiary of a lot of everyone, a lot of these other guys' work. Yeah, I had skills, I had talent, I did that. But, you know, everyone else still had to do their jobs. You know what I mean? And, you know, my teammates are lifelong brothers. Bro, I talk to those guys all the time. Matt Black, Ricky Foley, Andre Dury. You know, those are my, that, that was the crew. You know what I mean? Uh, Jason Barnes. Uh, uh, who else? We got Dontra Inman, Spencer Watt. Like, we had a squad. Chad Cackert, Jeff Keeping. Chris Van Zyl, Mike Bradwell. I can go down the list, man. I feel like I'm missing some guys. Um, 
you know, a lot of guys, as a matter of fact, that team was special. I was going to say, uh, Senator T has like 50 guys, so you, we'll be here for a while talking about all the guys. <laughs> yeah, man. So, but, but that's just how much, like, passion I had for, for the city, the people, my teammates. Uh, you know, I, I moved there full time. Like, I lived in Toronto, Canada in, you know, 14, 15. Like, we moved there. Yeah. Bought a house. Like, that was home. You know what I'm saying? We came back to Hawaii once every couple of years. You know what I mean? So we fully committed there. And, you know, I, I feel like that's where the business of football, I fully committed to, to the team with that move, but I didn't feel as if the team fully committed to me, you know, because after 2015, yeah, I had a couple of injuries, but, you know, I was still productive. And going into BMO, that whole new build up, you know, I, I, it was like, oh, shoot. No contract. You know what I mean? I didn't get a contract offer from the Argos going into 16. And a lot of people may still not know this. I didn't just up and leave and go to Hamilton. I had zero, like when I say zero contract offer from Toronto, I didn't get an offer. So I'm not going to sit and like not do anything. Like, so my agent went to work and Hamilton was like, hey, come on down to QEW. We'll, we'll, hey, we'll sign you. Yep. And I did that. You know what I mean? But, you know, no, you know, and again, it's, it's the business side of the game. You know what I mean? But, you know, hey, who knows, Ryan? Now with pinball at the helm, shoot, pin. You know your boys stay ready. <laughs> I'll, uh, next, time I, next time I talk to pinball, I'll, I'll make sure to send him just that clip. Be like, yo, this is, get this boy back in Toronto. Look, man, hey, Tim Tebow is back after nine seasons missing. Yeah, shoot. I still got I still got fuel in this tank to go to run a few option routes in the slot, man. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, talking about your gray cops, you've won two. One with Montreal, one with Toronto. Which out of the two has to be your favorite gray cup to be part of? Oh, come on. You know, you know the answer to that. You know, I, hey, I obviously, the, obviously the 2012 100, 100th gray cup is the favorite. Yeah. But I gotta say this. Being a rookie in the CFL, first year there in 2009, being on the best team in the league, right? The Montreal Alouettes at that time, they were, they were the team for a string of years. Mark Tressman, and they had you know, Ben Cahoon, Anthony Calvillo. I got a chance to come in and witness greatness, right? Be coached by the top coaches in there and watch, learn about the CFL. And then win a, win a great cup like that year, like, whoa, like what? This is dope. But the crazy, I, I, the crazy thing about this, I know all the Ryder fans hate this one. They hate the 2009 Grey Cup because they won and then they lost, right? Because that field goal, right? There was, they had 13 guys on the field. So, you know, it's like, yeah, that was a crazy game. But that whole year, you know, really, it was a great learning experience for me. Um, yeah, man, it just, it just, it transpired. It motivated me because I was coming off of my ACL injury. So that was a great year to just kind of get back into the swing of things to learn, you know, uh, and be happy and be thankful that I was on a team again, playing, playing ball. I think that's where things for me, like it wasn't about making money because let's just be honest, the CFL wasn't, it wasn't a lot of money, you know, so it wasn't about making money. It was just about playing the game again. Now talking that, that to me, that's a, that was the difference for me. Um, going into Toronto, it was like, man, 
I just want to play the game. I just want to prove that I belong. I just want to show that, man, like, give me a chance and, and watch me go. Like, I'll prove that I can be the best at this thing. Yeah. You know? Whereas in the NFL, it's more of like money, business. Okay. Like, so I guess being that it's promoted that way, it gives you like this false pressure, you know? But, you know, experience is key, man. So if, if there's guys that get into the league, I feel like that's, that's the thing that, that gets guys out of the league is that pressure, man. Pressure to perform. They crack and, and it just they tense up. You can never play well when you're tense. Never. No, yeah, 100%. Now, talking about the learning objectives, pressure or um, like feeling the pressure of everything around you and kind of overcoming those challenges. As you mentioned, you headed down to Hamilton in 2016. How was it playing for the black and gold compared to the double blue, especially when you had to come back to Beano Field and play in front of your Argo fans, in, like playing against your, basically your brotherhood and your, all your buddies um, and, and just overcoming that challenge. Yeah. You know, at that time, I'll be honest, man, I was bitter. I was upset, man. Like, you know, that year, Drake dropped that album, uh, you know, Summer 16. Like, and that was like the pure, that was like the redemption song. Right. Um, and so, you know, uh, looking for, uh, looking for revenge. Right. Yeah. Looking, that was the song, looking for revenge. Yeah. And it's, it's, that was my song. That was my theme song. I listened to that every single day because I felt like I gave the Argos so much. And at that time, they had an opportunity, right, to, to, to not think about Chad Owens or, oh, is he on a decline? We got these other receivers on the up, you know, money, financial, blah, blah, blah. But, but really have a chance to think about what I was able to do for that organization and, you know, maybe think about the fans, maybe think about that, you know, they had an opportunity to do that and to take care of a player who's given them so much, who sacrificed so much, who, you know, but they didn't do that. So I was bitter, man. I'm going to be honest. I was bitter. Uh, and so I had that revenge feeling. And so that, that off season as well, I went after it because yeah. I wanted to prove myself. It lit a fire into me to, to have to prove myself. And I always came to training camp every year to prove myself because there's always younger guys. And I felt like every training camp, I, I was succeeding at that. Um, but, you know, just something about that was, you know, it was hard, man. It was hard to kind of, it was almost like a, 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 a breakup that I didn't see coming, you know. And so it motivated, motivated me to kind of get going. I had a great offseason. And that, that, that training camp in 2016 with the Ticats, might have been one of my best training camps that I've had in my football career. Okay. Like not a lot of people know that. Um, but you can ask anyone that on that, I was on that team that year, man, I was out there just lighting it up, you know, unexpectedly because they had Andy Fantuz, they had Luke Tasker, they had Terrence Tolliver who were their top guys. And here I came just to kind of like fill in the spot. Cause, um, uh, uh, Sinkfield went and tried for the NFL, so they had a void there. Um, and yeah, so bro, I had the best training camp that I've had, bro, in football. And and then like, I circled the date when we were playing Toronto, 
in BMO. And I went there and did my thing, you know, and, and it's just, again, that's the unfortunate part about football, you know, that business side. Um, and, and because management changed, things change now. So yeah, the feeling, the feeling is, is, is different. You know what I mean? Um, the fans are always the fans. I love the fans, no matter what, you know, but business, it goes as management goes, the decision makers. And, you know, that's different now. And so, you know, those feelings I had back then are different today than they were back then. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, it was tough, man. It was tough. But, but again, you know, in life, life, life is tough, right? We go through obstacles. We, we have unexpected events happen. And that was another event that happened. The initial response, yeah, bitterness, anger, heartbreak. But we go through that in life as well. And you either have two decisions to make. You're going to curl up and go, go in a hole somewhere. Or you're going to emerge. You're going to work. You're going to get back to the drawing board. You, you know, you're going to get back to the basics. You, that's what happens in those situations. And, hey, I'm thankful for that, right? So, you know, I, I always look for that next adverse situation to – Help me evolve, man, because that's that's what life's about. No, and that's great, man. And that actually leads into my last question for you is you've throughout your whole experience, you've had your ups and downs, you face the challenges, you've overcome adversity, you're doing your thing in Hawaii, which I love seeing. Um, what kind of advice or, or words of wisdom in this last segment I like to call words of wisdom would you give to the next generation of athletes that are searching and striving to be the next best player or kind of make that name for themselves on the field? Man, that's a great question. Cause there's so many things, right? There's so many things I wish I knew then that I, that I know now. And, um, if I'm talking to, to these future athletes, talking to my, my past self, you know what I mean? It's really number one, mentally, like be mentally prepared for, for adversity for the things that that you don't expect like know that they are coming know that there's gonna be one day that something's gonna happen that you didn't want to happen that breaks your heart that you know that makes you sad that that pisses you off like be mentally prepared for those things and and know how you're going to respond right a approach that situation no different than you would approach a game Right? You wouldn't go into a game unprepared. Yeah. So be prepared mentally for those adversities. Secondly, man, start a secondary passion. You got you to gotta have something, another vehicle that you're building on the side. Just a body. Just a body. Right? Just new thing. Because I want this same engine. It'll just be in a different body. And we don't know when we're going to have to swap bodies, right? We don't know when that time is going to come. It could be after high school. It could be after college. It could be after one year in the league, if you're fortunate enough to make it as a pro, or 10 years. We don't know. But you don't want to get to that point and then start trying to build this body. And even if that was the case, it's not the end of the world. No stress, right? But I would encourage you to start building that secondary body, that secondary passion, so that when the time comes, that will also help alleviate 
the mental stress, the depression that you can go through. Cause I went through it. I wasn't ready to be done playing football. It happened unexpectedly. And you go through a dark time man. you, you dive deep into some shit. But if you have this thing waiting, it's like, Oh, that's fine. Cause I've been working on this anyway. And, um, Man, look, I, I appreciate you, but I'm excited about this thing. So I'm just going to take this engine and I'm going to pop it under this hood and away we go. You know, it, that's, and again, that's easier said than done. But that's my two pieces of advice, man. You know, and it goes without saying, you know, you got to work hard. You got you to gotta be dedicated to this, man. You got to have more passion than your peers. And um, that's what it is, bro. So that's my advice to you young up and coming athletes who, who want to be about this life. It's, uh, you know, it's not all, it's not all money and parties and, and a lot of these things that you think fame, that's all cool, but you know, make sure you're chasing things for the right reasons and make sure you got that, you know, that, that other vehicle that you're building on the side. The great two pieces of advice from number two, Chad Owens. Thank you, sir. Hey, so I keep it. I keep it always in twos, baby. Of course, I've got to. Yo, fun fact: my bait, my number for baseball and basketball is twenty-two. So you know, we're working wow. here. So wow, man! But I'm like six-six, so I gotta have the double two number in there. You know? Yeah, yeah. A single digit on you, it would it would get lost. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent, it would be. Awesome, man! Thanks so much uh, for taking time. Really appreciate it, and uh, all the love, peace and love to your family, man. And uh, I look forward to seeing what else you have cooking in the chamber for down the road. Man, that's it, man. Appreciate you, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me on the Players Experience. Good luck, man. Thank you.